If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Spanish Football Podcast. I'm Phil Kitramalidi, Sidlow alongside me and we've gone back to our roots, Sydney, because yeah. we're out and about and it's the first time we're recording a podcast face-to-face in a long while. You know what, that, that pause was me trying to work out when the last time was. Definitely not this season, I don't think. I mean, definitely not this season. It's, it's been a long while. Anyway, Sydney and I are outside the Bernabeu. Uh, we're going to see the... Uh, uh, Sunday night game between Real Madrid and Real Sociedad so forgive us if we don't dwell too much uh, on that game because uh, I think we're going to do the majority of the podcast before going in there's still lots for us to talk about though uh, what happened on match day 5 which kicked off in magnificent style in Vallecas on Friday night Sydney and I were both uh, at the Estadio de Vallecas uh, to see Raya beat Alaves 2-0 and to witness what Sid said is possibly the biggest downpour you've ever seen at a football match Sid yeah, I think it probably is. Yeah, the the, the rain was was pretty extraordinary. It was, it was it was heavy enough that there was a period, maybe only five or ten minutes. I thought, you know what, the referee's going to stop this mm. at some point. The the pitch didn't quite get that bad. It's not actually the biggest I've ever seen because I was at a Sevilla Barcelona game back in God goodness God goodness knows which year, 2013 maybe that got rained off. Ah. Uh, and I was also at a, a Spain-Scotland game in Valencia that got rained off, uh, where Scottish fans were punting their way to safety in like trolleys and anything they could <laughs> find to try and get out of a stadium that was genuinely flooded. Okay, so not quite there, but maybe maybe top five yeah. uh, downpours you've seen. Uh, anyway, that was Friday night. Then on Saturday we had Athletic Club beat Cadiz by three goals to nil. We had Valencia beat Atletico Madrid by the same scoreline. A really, really surprising uh, scoreline there. Valencia with a big win against Atleti. And then Mallorca scored late on to beat Celta Vigo by a goal to nil. And Rafa Benitez's rocky start to life as Celta manager continues. And then we had the performance of the season so far from Barcelona. They beat Betis by five goals to nil. And it was really uh, quite an impressive showing. And then today you witnessed firsthand a hashtag unexpected partidazo as Getafe beat Osasuna 3-2, you're sort of grimacing. Yeah, I'm grimacing because 3-2 makes it sound better than it really was. Okay, I mean, you know, I'll let, I'll let you in on a little secret. I wasn't watching. Right, so yeah. I'll explain this to you. Three headers for the yeah. three Getafe goals. I've seen the goals, yeah. Yeah, and two of them off corners. Yes. I think maybe even all three of them, in the third maybe indirectly off a corner. Yeah. Uh, Osasuna's goals, one of them is, is a penalty. penalty. 
I think I only remember one actual save in the game. So 3-2, okay. but it's not like it could have been 5 or 6, which tends to be the way when it's 3-2. Okay. And there were lots of goals, though, yeah. which, is, uh, uh, which is good. Uh, at the moment, we've got uh, Sevilla and Las Palmas playing, so uh, we don't need to dwell on that too much. And the game before that, Sydney, can you remember what it was? Because my mind's gone blank. What, today? Yeah, just now. Villarreal, 1-2-1. One, one. Villarreal, 1-2-1. Against Stamaru with a very late goal from Alexander Sorlock. Good yeah. job. Good job one of us is on the ball here. But for a moment there, I wasn't. I was yeah. thinking, I, I don't know what that other game was. I was listening to it in the car on the way back from Etafe. Yeah, that was the, uh, the first, I was actually watching it. So, uh, yeah, uh, the first game in charge for Pacheta and Almeria had loads of bloody chances to score and their horrific away form continues. All right, let's start by talking about Barcelona then and that really impressive 5-0 showing against uh, Betis. Uh, impressive for many reasons. I guess the uh, the headline being João Félix starting, yeah. scoring and sort of assisting as well. Yeah, strictly speaking the assist was Christensen but he lets it through his legs for, for Lewandowski to run through and score. It's all about his dummy. It's not really about the pass. He played very well. I thought he benefited from the performance in the first half of, of Alex Balde and Balde was going up on the outside of the left wing which meant that he didn't have to stay very wide Jao Felix he could float around he could come inside he was playing off the top a lot of the time almost as a traditional number nine, uh, sorry, number 10 um, and, and I thought he was very good indeed the goal he scored he, he swipes it across and misses it but there's just enough basically to kind of half bring it under control and then nudges it away from the goalkeeper and finishes from quite a tight angle I thought he was mobile I thought his use of the ball was largely quite good but at the risk of sounding like a terrible killjoy when you know when we're talking about him having a, a first start and playing really well and scoring a goal and having another goal disallowed actually as well and, and, and creating a goal, um, I thought there were three or four moments in that first half when Barcelona had the chance to kind of break out and run at, at Betis and Jao Felix overran the ball and either didn't release it early enough or didn't see which release to use he'd have a couple of players you know one either side of him and choose the wrong one or choose to hold on to it just a little bit too long a couple of times and obviously those are things that I think will improve because I don't think this is about a player who doesn't make good decisions I think he does for the most part but on those occasions in but it was a it was a really good performance from him and from the other Jao as well Jao Cancelo uh, uh, did you hear Jao Felix speaking after the game uh, I did, but I'm not sure which of the things he said you're going to pick up on. Well, no, he just he, he seemed very happy, and he seemed yeah. to be happy with the team that he's playing. He said the moving. I think the ball that quickly. was the main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. I agree with you. He, I mean, you know, we all knew this in a way, and and, and I don't want to back away from what we've said before when we had doubts about what the fit would be like and doubts about hey, we've what... We've still got those doubts. Oh, we still have, we've yes, still of, course, of course, of okay, course. And, and, and doubts about how, how logical a signing this was for all sorts of reasons, but fundamentally for the economic side of things. Although, ultimately, if you get Jao Felix for free, you can say this is a pretty good deal. Um, but I think we did know that stylistically, on the face of it, this kind of team suits him more than a Diego Simeone team. Hmm. And obviously add to that the fact that him and Simeone clearly had decided they couldn't work together anymore. Yes, clearly, clearly. What about Jacques Cancelo? Scored the fifth goal as well and uh, looks uh, a pretty decent addition to this Barca team. Yeah, and I think as well, the thing that's most striking for me at least about Jacques Cancelo is it's not just that he's very good and of course we know he is and for a period at Manchester City before it started going a little bit wrong, I think a lot of people would have said he's the best right or left back in the world depending on which side he's playing. Um, um, more of an attacking player maybe than the defensive one. Yes, some defensive weaknesses and clearly there were some personal issues uh, or, or some issues of him accepting substitutions, him accepting not being in the team, which were problematic and I think some of those continued a little bit into his spell at Bayern but I think the issue there was more about how much they were prepared to pay to keep hold of him. Now, all of those things are true uh, but I think the thing with Barcelona that, that makes him significant is 
shall I use the words, Daniel and Alavis, mm. that Barcelona just haven't had a right back. Not an adequate one in truth. And, I, and I'm sorry to Serginho Dest, and I'm sorry to Semedo, and I'm sorry to Sergio Roberto. I mean, let me stop you there. At the moment, before they signed him, they literally did not have a right back because Sergio Roberto is not a right back. But Jules Koundé is not a right he, back. And Sergio Roberto, I mean, there'd been a very kind of public realigning of him as a central midfielder the season before. So no, no, he's a midfielder, really. But, oh, actually, maybe he has to be a right back again. Hector Bellerin, another one I hadn't yeah. noticed, I hadn't mentioned. And, and Barcelona were having real problems finding someone who can do some of the things or, or even any of the things that Dani Alves used to do um, and I think with Jao Cancelo they've got someone closer to Alves in profile maybe well, in well okay <laughs> footballing profile footballing profile okay. um, yes. maybe may, maybe maybe in terms of level although I personally would would be saying hang on because I, I, I mean despite everything that's happened subsequently which is just so deeply disappointing on so many levels and disappointing is a very weak word to use I could use a much stronger one um, I think Danny Alves is the best right back I've ever seen and I'm not saying Jao Cancelo will reach that level but Barcelona desperately needed someone to play that role with some of the things that Alves had maybe not all of them um, but I think he's got some of those. Hmm. Uh, and a goal for Ferran Torres as well. He scored direct from a free kick. First time a Barcelona player has scored direct from a free kick in over two and a half years. The last one to do it was the Argentine fella who used to do it quite regularly. Yeah, he was quite good at those, wasn't he? But yeah, the uh, the rebirth of Ferran has been quite striking. Well, I was really struck as well by what Ferran said after the game. He admitted he tried to put it up and over the wall and into yes. the net and, and it went round the wall very low into the post. I thought it was a brilliant strike. You watch yeah. the angle of it and the curl yeah. on the ball, it's, it's perfect. Yes. If I had been him, I would have yes. kept my mouth shut. Yeah. Yes, what he admitted is like I was trying, trying to trying to do opposite. the complete opposite yeah. of what I actually did. But so I he suppose, must have hit it really wrong. Like, really wrong. <laughs> I suppose when you're in, you're in, and yes. he's talked a lot. And you know the fact that this this nickname for him, the Shark, has, has suddenly emerged, and that's because of him and him talking about this this mentality and this this sort of determination. This is this kind of aggressiveness now about him, the preparation this summer. Now I'm always a little bit reluctant to go too hard down those routes because yes. I think you you create a cause and effect which is very tempting, mm. and there may be an element of truth. It, but I never. I, I think it's never that simple. Um, but he looks very good, and and, and you know it, it'd be interesting to see how how Xavi constructs that forward line because you've got different types of forwards now. So again, Jao Felix and Fran players who tend to come inside. Uh, you've got Lamine Yamal who will come inside, but can also go outside and can be very much more direct and straight at people. Rafinha, in theory, is 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 a little bit of that as well. I don't know what he will think his best front three is, and that's assuming it's even a front three and not a two plus one because once Pedri comes back we may well see Gavi in the top of the, two, uh, of the team and although the Jows took all the all the focus this weekend I would like to point out that I thought on Saturday night that Gavi was brilliant really brilliant and, and I don't think he's going to get talked about very much because there's lots of goals and lots of other players to talk about but I thought he played really really well well you've spoken about him so, uh, so there we go just to let you know guys we are recording uh, on a Sunday night because uh, tomorrow we probably won't have time to record because Sydney is going off to Andorra for a, well, in theory for an interview. He's also managed to crowbar in watching Oviedo at Andorra as well on Monday night. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be nil-nil, won't it? It'll, and it'll rain. It'll rain yes, and I'll be absolutely sorry. The yeah. last time, the only other time I've been to Andorra and I saw Andorra play, I spent the second half, because they had, they had those um, temporary stands, you know, ah. metallic temporary stands. I spent the second half 
underneath the stand, which you're not allowed to do. Literally yes. climbed underneath the stand because it was so wet. I think you sent, uh, you sent us some photos. Yeah, of me peering through the tarpaulin yes. trying to yes. watch the game. Well, fingers crossed it's a little bit better than, uh, than that. But that is why we're recording on this Sunday night. Hopefully it's not too uh, loud, the background noise, and it just offers a bit of uh, uh, ambience. Uh, the know. ambience of people desperately looking for parking spaces. Yes. Which not is really stadium ambience just no. yet. We're a little bit up the road from there. Yes, we're just on the corner of Paseo de la Habana and Calle Potosí, uh, which is where we're recording. Anyway, let's get back to uh, uh, the football and we'll talk about that extraordinary result at Mestalla, Valencia, uh, beating Atletico Madrid by three goals to nil and really quite good value for this win against a really lethargic Atletico. Uh, Simeone said he thought it might be the flattest performance he's seen since he's been manager of Atletico and that's going back a very long time now and there's been some pretty poor performances in that time as well um, I was struck by lots of things and I actually feel bad now because we just started on Atletico and we should probably start on Valencia but I'll get to Valencia in a minute I was really struck by how easily Atletico were undone how Valencia through running in relatively straight lines through the middle of the pitch were finding everything opening up for them that they weren't and again, this, I'll, I'll, I'll row back on this in a minute because it feels unfair to say this about Valencia. They weren't having to do really clever things to get through Atletico. It was really quite straightforward. Um, I felt that the early card, if you look at the mistake, I think it's in the first and the second goal, but it might be the second and the third. I can't remember now. If you look at the early card that Mario Hermoso got, he then in both the second and the third or the first and second, I can't remember which way around it is, basically didn't seem to want to risk making a tackle hmm. and was just unbelievably weak in both of them. And I don't want to individualise it in one man because it's not about that and the whole thing was collectively dreadful and they were really awful at Atletico, um, but Valencia completely deserved it. So should we get on to Valencia and say they were brilliant? Yes, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to be disrespectful, but maybe sort of surprisingly brilliant. No, no doubt about it. No, I, I think it's entirely justified to say that. I think we all thought this. I thought I think um, Ruben Baraja himself thought this. There was that really interesting, well, I say interesting, really telling front page from Super Deporte. Now, Super Deporte is a very shouty newspaper that's very much anti. Shouty. Shouty is yes. a really shouty newspaper. Yes, there's, you could use another adjective beginning uh, with sh and ending. Oh, there, there are. Yes, and e, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, they they are very anti lim as well, but they they did it. They did I thought a really effective front cover, which was to take some quotes from Ruben Baraja towards the end of the market, basically saying, we've got problems, we, there are things we need, and we want to make these, and I need us to make these signings. Mm -hmm. And basically they had four corners of the page, four different managers saying exactly the same thing, or very nearly exactly the same thing, over each of the last four windows. Um, and Valencia, I think it's fair to say, didn't really make those signings. They mm -hmm. signed Sergi Canos for, what, 250,000 euros. Um, there's another one. Um, the lad from Leicester, the, uh, Su Su Sumare. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's about it. Yeah. Um, the kids who've come in, I think some of them are very talented. I think Javi Guerra oh, no, is genuinely a good player. That was someone else. Amala, they signed. Amala, yes. Yes, they signed Amala. And and the the, the the kids, I think, are genuinely talented, but it's loading a lot of responsibility onto them. I do think that this current run in so much as you can call it a run it's three wins out of five games it's really good they won the first two I didn't think they were very good they then lost two they won this one they really were good and if nothing else there's a momentum and enthusiasm someone's throwing a lot of bottles away a momentum and enthusiasm uh, a speed and a directness about them which means at home where when Mastaya finds its voice might might be quite effective 
I think she bought an entire bar's worth of bottles. Either that, or she's had a hell of a weekend. It, well, you know, it was I think she works in a bar. It was it was Saturday night yesterday, Sid. You know what? Maybe she did just have a great party yesterday. I'm pleased to see people are recycling. Yes. Um, although maybe our listeners might be less pleased, uh, given the noise. Let's just uh, hold on for a sec. Right, so we've decided to move. We decided to uh, walk a little bit further down Paseo de la Havana to get away from the uh, very conscientious woman uh, recycling the bottles. But yeah, uh, pretty noisy when trying to record a podcast, a podcast on the move. Uh, this is really taking us back, Sid, to when yeah. we used to actually actually do stuff like this and not just sit on Zoom and be be lazy. Well, the one that really stands out in my mind was that one we did in Seville, was, which was the, the atmosphere around the ground. Maybe maybe our listeners like this. Maybe there is a bit of pre-game. We're walking down the road behind a lad in a Bellingham shirt. And actually, I got here a little bit earlier than you and came round the stadium before coming to meet you. Obviously, you know that. I'm just telling our listeners that. Um, the number of Bellingham shirts is extraordinary. He has really captured this lot already. Mm. It's, it's really quite striking. Um, anyway, Valencia. I was going to say, what kind of goal is Jude Bellingham going to score tonight? Probably a striker's goal if the last few games are, are, are anything to go by. Um, let's see. I, I, did you see the headline in, in Marker? It took a while for me to work out what they were talking about. He said, uh, what's that, something like, they returned to Bellingham's cave. I thought, cave? And it's because they've been keeping the grass under the stadium with this new uh, retractable pitch. And they're calling that the cave. So this is now Bellingham's I'm not sure it works, but anyway, there you go. I'm not sure that works at all, but... Uh, well, it works in Batman, I suppose. Does it make him Batman? Maybe it does make him Batman. Well, he's been a superhero, and if he has a cave and he's a superhero, then he is, uh, he is probably Batman. Maybe we, can, uh, maybe we can perch here and continue to uh, uh, reflect upon uh, Valencia and that uh, extraordinary 3-0 win uh, over Atleti, uh, underlining their good start. As you said, it's uh, three wins uh, from five, uh, nine points, all done without too many new signings uh, as well. And uh, uh, happy days for uh, Ruben Barak. And those nine points, by the way, for a team that thinks there's a risk of being relegated, those nine points really matter. Those no point, nine points don't get taken away from you. Let's say Valencia have a really bad run now, the kind of run that we thought they might have had. They have a little bit of their work done. It's a slightly optimistic extrapolation or projection of points, but it could well be... I'm going to try and do maths. Go on. That they're a quarter of the way to salvation now. Now, that would be... 36 36. It probably wouldn't be enough, but 38 might be. 37, 38 might be. Yeah. Now, I know we tend to draw the line at 40, but it, but it might be. Okay. Uh, Atletico Madrid, who were uh, tipped, you know, really quite strongly by a lot of people, not sure us, by a lot of people feel that they had a, a really good chance to win the title this season. I mean, they still might, but this was a, a shockingly bad performance. It was, and, and it's at the risk of being conditioned by results and and we all do this I looked at it at the weekend and thought all of that belief that I had that they have quite a strong squad I'm not entirely sure they do I was looking at the players on the bench I mean they've got a lot of people yes they have exactly and and of course that's what that's what sort of strips away three or four names and three or four names is enough for good squad to look like short squad and, and maybe that's the point but I did look at it at the weekend and think I'm not sure how strong that really is, and I, I wonder how significant the absence uh, of, of Carrasco will be. The absence meaning the departure, not just the absence for the time being. Hmm. Why do you think he hates Javi Galan? Well, it's, it's happened a bit, this, don't you think? That, that I mean, when why not play the actual only left-back in the... Well, in the same way that he didn't really do it with Renan Lodi. And it's happened, which is what I mean, it's happened before. Hmm. They've had a left-back who 
has theoretically been an attacking left back, so could play with three central defenders. So it's not like you have to lose a central defender for them. And then he doesn't really like them. Then he had, um, of course, he had that um, Mandava. And Reynilde, still, still injured. Still yeah. injured. And he was the left back who became a left sided central defender. So you could have another left back as well. And he, he seemed to like him in that role, mm. but not as a left back role. There's something. He, I don't know. It's like, it's like he doesn't want a left back, mm. which then makes you think, well, why did they buy him? Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's true. I think, for what it's worth, there's a little bit. I'm not going to. I don't want to overplay it. I think there's a little bit of disconnect between Simeone and the sporting director. Oh, yeah. Not a huge one, but a little bit of one, yeah. What makes you say that? Well, the signings they've made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I think if you look into it, uh, it, it might lead you to, uh, to that conclusion. Uh, do we take any conclusions from our magical Friday night trip to, uh, to Vallecas to see, to see Rio against the Alaves? Obviously played in uh, terrible conditions. Both on and off the pitch, by the way, because we were sitting in uh, at my season tickets, which have a restricted view, which is bloody awful. That's mm. the bad news. The good news is that it's covered. So when you get rain, you, in theory, stay wet, stay dry. Mm. However, the roof was bloody leaking. Directly over my head as well. That, that, there was that little kind of, what do you call chorreo in English? Um, drip? I suppose, yeah, drip, but it was more than a drip. It was quite fast. It was yeah. directly on my head. Anyway, um, do we read too much into this? I don't think we read masses. It's nine points, Rio. But got it's nine, nine points. points for Rio. Like the same with Valencia. And, and I thought we did see some of the intensity. I thought we did see some of the speed in their game. I don't think they created loads of chances by any means. No. But, but they created enough, and towards the end, maybe they could have got uh, they could have got another. And so I think they'll be. Well, I think they. I, I know they are because listening to Francisco, I think they, he was very happy with it, and I think he was happy with it partly because of that idea that okay, we saw if not always the play on Friday night, but the personality that he wants the team to have. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Um, nine points uh, for uh, Rio from a possible 15. And again, beating sides in their league. Yes. As you say, that's what you've got to do if you're going to stay up. You've got to beat the teams around you. And they lost 7-0 to Atletico Madrid, but they beat Alaves. And that's more Yeah, and, 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 and Alaves, um, you know, to go back to, I was at Alaves' game against Celta at the start of the season. and. And Luis Garcia said something then, which I'm sure he will have been repeating on Friday night. The, he said, you know, we will lose a lot of games. And they just, <laughs> they just beat in Sevilla, so everyone was really happy. So yeah. we will lose a lot of games. We need to know that. Yeah. We need to be ready for that. And we need to know that for two reasons. Number one, so that we don't ever go into a game thinking, ah, we've got this, yeah. because we can never be that complacent. And number two, because when we lose those games, which we will lose a lot of, we know that this shouldn't sink us. Mm. We know that what matters is how we respond to it. And, and he said, look, just as last year, I told people we would go up. He says, I am telling people this year, we will be in the fight to stay up. We will never be out of the fight to stay up. Mm. We will be in trouble for almost all the season. Mm. Realistic, and yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think I think he's probably right. Yeah, uh, for for what it's worth. Uh, by the way. Dear listeners, if you'd like more Spanish football content, you can always join us at patreon.com forward slash TSFP. We've got a Q&A podcast coming up for you every Tuesday, a bonus pod coming up every Thursday. We've really got a, a new episode of TSFP Presents and we're bringing back one of our most popular previous uh, series. It's called Super Seasons, where we delve back into the archive of Spanish football and uh, reflect on a particularly memorable campaign. So we've got another episode of that coming up for you Which season this is week. it, Phil? It's the 2013-2014 season. How old does it make me feel 
to think that 2013-14 could now be seen as nostalgic. It is nostalgic. Yeah, yeah it was the year we started this podcast as well. So, Amazing. Uh, plenty of nostalgia there. If you want to join us, come and join us. It's about four bucks a month at patreon.com forward slash TSFP. And I assure you, the sound quality is usually considerably better than on today's podcast. Again, apologies, but we wanted to get the podcast out for you. And the only way Sid could make the completely unnecessary trip to Andorra <laughs> and for us to do the podcast was for me to come to the Bird of Our tonight and uh, and uh, do, do the pod here. So uh, thanks very much for listening, uh, amigos. If there's anything that we didn't cover, send us a question. We'll do it on the Q&A pod. Uh, so uh, we'll speak soon. Adios. Cheerio. Cheerio.